0: Oh little girl, hello there, welcome back, I'm the Velvet Snatch and welcome to another roundup of what's happening in Newcastle Drag Idol 2020. I'm very sorry that for the second week in a row the show has been late. Last week, the guys from Bad Wear Day and myself were crazy busy with releasing the latest girl episode with the fabulous Bula Crew, go check that out, as well as our new bi-monthly Drag Race US discussion show from Billy's Girls, featuring Theresa May, Gladys Duffy, and Travesty, both of which are on this very channel, so check them out. This week, my excuse is that I've been crazy busy. I've been helping out a lot with a lot of the performances for next week's Idol show. And since we were recording the next episode of Girl on the Monday, I sadly didn't get all my recordings edited until about Wednesday. So that was fun. But anyway, enough about me making excuses. Sunday the 8th was week three of Drag Idol 2020 with the theme of show tunes. We were joined by not one but two special guest judges this week, local theatre performer and all-round celebrity Hazel Poole, as well as last year's winner and self-confessed immigrant Theresa May. First up, from Team Rusty we had Rex Uranus, strutting onto stage in a purple Willy Wonka style outfit and lip-syncing to pure imagination from the Gene Wilder musical film. The outfit was amazing and the level of detail that went into it was epic. When I chatted to him before the show, I noticed that he had like little tubes of Parma Violet sweets in the ribbon on his hat and all of the props and gimmicks that he'd need for the performance were stashed away around the costume. It was very cleverly done. Uh, I think that sums up Rex Uranus altogether: together, clever and fucking batshit crazy. Uh, from removing his top hat and having sweets fall out of it, to giving lollipops to all the judges of varying sizes, uh, with a tiny diet one for Judge Penny T, uh, to giving Penny a note that we found out afterwards, like he gave him the note during the performance, and then at the end we found out he just said, this is going to get weird, I'm sorry. <laughs> and weird it did get, with at one stage Rex pouring syrup over himself, and fellow contestant Frida Safik running on and licking it up, it was very strange. Penny T loved the performance, giving it 10 out of 10, stating that it was her favourite Rex performance so far. Rusty seconded that, uh, mentioning how good the outfit, the edit and the props were. You can't really say better than that. And it's very difficult to go first and I think Rex was pretty nervous about it. A good thing to point out here is I don't know, like, how good the banter between the judges was this week. Teresa and Penny were throwing shade back and forth, uh, Rusty being the collected voice of experience, and Hazel just sitting there looking baffled by everything going on around her. And we can kind of understand that. On a personal note, it's really great seeing the progression between Penny and Teresa uh, from us all meeting together last year at Chernobyl's flat as members of Team Parmo to the culmination of the journey with Theresa winning Drag Idol 2019, to the two of them sitting there as judges, winner and mentor, calling each other worse than shit. (laughs) If I wasn't wearing Poundland eyeliner, I could have cried. Uh, Tony the doll was up next, gliding onto the stage in a flowing Spanish gown and a black wig accented with red rose petals. Uh, Before things kicked off, I got to pull her aside and ask how she was and how she was feeling about the performance. Also, I just want to point out that this was the first time I'd got to speak to Tony. We'd never been in the same place at the same time in the previous weeks, and she has such a lovely honesty and charisma. It really made me want her to do well. Here's what she had to say. I'm here with the delightful Tony the doll. How are you doing, darling? I'm doing great, thank you, Velvet. Are you excited to be (laughs) at week three of Drag Idol 2020?
1: I am. I'm very nervous, but I'm gonna give it my all. Mm. And uh, if anything goes wrong, I'll wake it. If it goes right, then we'll see how it goes.
0: How have you found the competition so far?
1: I've found it. It's been it's been very fun. But um, obviously, it's getting very intense now at the halfway mark. So everyone's trying to pull out the big guns. That just makes more room for error, which I'm very scared of tonight. So <laughs>
0: I, I, think, I think it's a thing. It's like the advice when I spoke to Layla Sphinx last week. The advice she gave is confidence. Mm-hmm. If you just go out there and just go, fuck it, I'm gonna make this routine amazing. Like even if you're not confident yep. about it, like just you know, hopefully, it'll go it. ahead. Technically, it's not. But this is the best fucking routine you <laughs> bastards have ever seen.
2: Yeah,
0: get okay, yeah. it. But yeah, um, so how was last week? Because last week is like the, the 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 challenge of going. You only have a week to prepare. Like, how was mm. that for you?
1: Um, well, it was very different from my first routine, which I had a lot of time to prepare. And then the second week completely threw me off guard because they changed all the all the themes. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is from this is from me for a loop. And. Um, and then now, in the third week, I feel like I'm kind of adjusting to it, mm-hmm. of, like, trying to pull stuff together. Like, I was like, All right, I'm going to have to make this dress in a week, I'm going to have to sort myself out. <laughs> it's worth it when you're on stage and, like, after it, if you get critiques, you're like, oh, yes, great, this whole week I've been stressed, but it's been worth it. If it goes wrong, then you're like, oh, right.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> so I can see from your outfit, I, I can take a guess at what show tunes number mm. you're going for, but can you tell me anything? I about
1: am it? doing the Adams Family musical. That is not what I thought at all. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I'm doing the Adams Family, um, which I have been in before, just not as Morticia, obviously. Yeah. But I was very jealous. So when I heard like, <laughs> musicals, show tunes, I was like, well, I'm going to get my moment as more Trisha. hopefully. Yeah, I think that's
0: good, though, because you've got a stage, you mm-hmm. know, you've got an opportunity, you just go, this is what I can do.
1: Yeah, but then obviously if I failed, like, people will be like, you were never meant to be more Trisha. get down. <laughs>
0: oh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Well, a lot, lot of it is
1: because I haven't done Partner work before, and yeah. that is what's stressed me out the most, is the fact that I'm kind of relying on myself and another person, and having like choreographed it over the week, I want we both to be fully confident and feel great
0: on stage. But that's the thing. It's it's a living experience. Yeah. No, thank you so much for speaking to me, Tony. Thank you. Little hug. (laughs) Now, the song she'd chosen and that I got wrong uh, was from the fairly recent Adams Family musical. uh, Tony was Morticia flowing around the stage singing about the joy of death. (laughs) Most amazing of all was that there was an unassisted reveal where, like, the limber Tony was able to reach up behind her and unzip her own dress, which... I couldn't do. I can't even put my fucking corset on myself, thank you very much. (laughs) No, I'm getting better at it. Underneath, there was another outfit. Uh, However, there was an awkward moment following this where she, she got caught on the dress, or the dress got caught on a heel, and I'm sorry to say, but the lip sync did actually falter at this point. There was a few words missed. Luckily, she was facing away from the judges at this point, so I don't think they noticed this. Uh, an extra dressed as the Grim Reaper steps onto the stage and the two fall into a wonderful choreographed dance routine. It got even better as Tony pulled out two huge white feather fans and just made it super extra. Um, I especially like the ending uh, where Tony ends the routine dramatically and then is pulled off stage by the Grim Reaper. It was just really nicely rounded. Teresa really enjoyed this routine but warned Tony jokingly not to do Spanish again, also pointing out black hair and red roses, hmm, (laughs) which had Penny in stitches. Uh, Penny was very surprised, um, telling the contestant that she had never expected that, and that's a very good thing to hear at this point into the competition, Uh, you know, as this is the point that a resistance to mixing up your style will get called out by the judges. Rusty pointed out just what a good choice the track was and how she managed to once again recover from a wardrobe malfunction. Chernobyl was on next, and this was one I was kind of worried about. Uh, I'd helped her out with some voiceover for a track, and I knew, that, I knew that most of the routine was just going to be dancing. Uh, this was going to be a tough one to pull off and could go, could go incredibly south. I spoke to Cher before she went on to ask her how she felt about the competition this week and if there was anything that she was particularly worried about. Here's what she had to say.
2: Get out of my interview space. I hope you go home,
3: bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm here with the ever-flexible Cher Noble. Hi, <laughs> how are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited for the competition. It's, it's, this is a really... Everyone seems really scared. Everyone I've spoken to is um, like, "Oh my number's the worst thing." I'm definitely going home. And um, you're like, "I don't think you're all going." You know, I don't think you're all going to be. Oh sick
2: yeah, I'm hundred percent. My tail's in between my legs. I am so nervous for tonight, <laughs> but you know, hopefully it'll be fine. I'm doing classical jazz, so
4: yeah,
2: I don't think that's been seen on the Drag Idol stage yet. So mm-hmm. hopefully it's going to be something different than what I've done the past two weeks.
0: Well, I think it's that it's that thing of like using Drag Idol like. To show a bit of yourself as yeah. well. So it's kind of like yeah, this is, might be what the judges want, but mm-hmm. I want to kind of see, everyone to see that I can do this, I can do that. Yeah, I'm more than just one
2: thing. That's the thing what I'm doing about this year. I want to make sure that every single week is completely different to what I've done any other week. So I'm not coming out three weeks in a row and doing the same yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I'm dancing every week, but I'm changing up the styles, I'm changing up the comedy effects, right. I'm ch- changing all of it to just make sure that I'm not kind of flatlining as the week's
0: gone. Well, the thing is, it's like, what on the podcast, what I said about your number last week, because mm-hmm. it was the, my favourite thing you've ever done. Like, oh, thank simply you. Simply because it did everything. Mm-hmm. It, kind of, it had comedy, it had, like, marks to hit, yeah. it had, like, spoken word bits, it was...
2: Believe it or not, Penny was saying that, but, oh, we must have been rehearsing together for hours and hours. <laughs> I've been dancing with Liam in college for a while, yeah. and we'll put that number together in about an hour and a half. Yeah. So it was, like, really quick, really snappy, but we got the number done
0: and look looked good. <laughs> Crazy when you saw people the, doing the rehearsals for Miss Penny's show last year, and, like, just how quickly people like you and Tragedy just picked stuff up. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah, you just no. got shown it once, and you're like, oh, cool, I've got it. Yeah, and everyone always... else is like, what the... Me and Dita, do mean, and on T side. Maybe say, at the back. again. Yeah. yeah, just being like, okay, give us give us a couple of weeks. Yeah. To, to no, get the I've Macarena always been down.
2: pretty yeah, I've got pretty good muscle memory and things mm-hmm. like that. So, I'm always pretty good at picking up choreography. To be honest with you, I haven't really choreographed anything tonight. Just mm-hmm. going out there improvising, showing that I can improvise and make it look like a solid number. So, yeah. I'm saying that I'm purposely going out there doing improvising you now. <laughs> Uh, yeah I've been like no I'm not doing it I was like messaging Penny being like yeah I think I'm dropping out again she was like you're not doing it again (laughs) but yeah
0: are you finding it hard putting something together in a week because I know you did it last year but it's the fact of a lot like I was speaking to Tony just Mm -hmm. before and how scary is that you know when you haven't being oh, yeah, in that time it's period. so much more
2: difficult, but it's more difficult because Chris goes with a time frame of get our tracks in by Thursday kind of thing. We so didn't tec- have that last year, didn't so, we? We were able to send them on Sunday morning. Yeah. And like, so Whoa. technically we only actually get four days to get our tracks together, yeah. which is pretty intimidating. And considering they're doing themes that have never been done, it's yeah. thrown everyone off their game. Like even me, because everyone was saying, "Oh, yes and fabulous, I'm going to do this Disney week, I'm going to do this," and they're like, "Yep, we're not doing any of them this year." So everyone's like. Fuck. So it's put everyone on an even playing field, which I like because it's making everyone kind of think out of the box because no one's heard these themes
0: before. Yeah, it, it was because I think last year there was so many people, and the year before there were so many people who were like, "Oh well, I've got my Disney Week worked out, and I've got this worked out." Yeah. Uh, this year it's like, what? You just don't you know what's going to happen. It's all about show tunes. Mm-hmm.
2: The hot... I know show tunes is it's a difficult one. I just I have no clue <laughs> what anyone's going to be doing tonight. Nothing.
0: That's really exciting for me, but Mm. I understand that it might be terrifying for you as a
2: contestant. A little bit, but I mean, last year I wasn't really bothered about, like, I mean, last year I was like, oh my God, what if I go on before this person or what if I'm on after this person? But now I'm just like, I genuinely don't care what what order I go in. I'm focusing on my number and I'm not worried about anyone else. So I think that's why I'm doing as good as I am. Mm. I mean, I'm hoping I can get a top three tonight, but I just need to wait and find out, I guess.
0: Yeah. No. Nope. Oh, thank you very much for speaking to Cher. I know. Me, Cher. Thank you. Have a good thank you. What can I say about the performance? It had a shaky start. Share comes on in an anorak to my show producer audition voiceover, uh, that I personally think was the weakest part of the whole routine. So sorry there. <laughs> There was a spoken word section from Cher introducing herself to the producer, and I'm going to admit the lip sync on this was a bit off, but as we mentioned last time, lip syncing to spoken word is one of the most difficult things to do, especially when it's your own voice. I don't know how that works, you would think it was easier, but that's just how it is. Cher takes her bomber jacket or something off and goes into what a feeling from Flashdance, and the magic fucking started. (laughs) Watch this performance. Search for Drag Idol 2020 on YouTube and watch this. The routine was eye-watering. We are talking backflips, cartwheels, back handsprings and some kind of spinning pirouette that I've forgotten the name of. There was was even a a belt reveal where she takes off her belt and a new dress falls down from it. This was Chernobyl in the rawest sense. Passionate, practiced and awe-inspiring. I almost felt guilty for helping with some of these voiceovers, as like I said, they were the weakest part of the performance. Uh, Rusty declared it as the best performance she'd seen in Drag Idol so far, and even went so far as to say that if she hadn't already have hired dancers for her shows in Turkey, that she would have offered Cher a job there and then. Penny T said it was the best choreography that she'd seen in seven years of Drag Idol. Teresa summed up mine, and probably every contestant from Drag Idol 2019's feelings of... I'm glad I'm not competing against you this year. Uh, a distant change of pace was next. Uh, Genocide took to the stage in her best outfit yet. Uh, the song was The Phantom of the Opera and Genocide played both Christine and the Phantom with both costumes on either side of her and split down the middle. It was it was really clever. It started off with a lip sync to Christine's part from I think it was the Nightwish cover of the song not entirely sure it's either nightwish or within temptation you would think in a week i'd be able to actually research that but eh, i had things to do <laughs> that sounds horrible <laughs> there's a nightwish cover of the song and switching to live death metal vocals uh, of the phantom by genocide herself sadly while i loved the death metal vocals there were slight slip-ups in it it fell out of time at one point it wasn't quite there and i think yeah i I think maybe nerves were part of it but as with uh, genocide's first performance watching penny t's face was my favorite part (laughs) it's when genocide tore off the phantom's mask to reveal a horrific vx makeup that she'd warned us about in advance penny nearly jumped out of a fucking seat Uh, guest judge hazel summed it up very well with i've never heard it sung like that before definitely different rusty loved the vocals and the mask reveal However, Penny herself was harsher, pointing out that, you know, how every act so far of the night had shown some diversity in mixing up what they can do, and yet this week she felt like she'd got the same from genocide. Another Scottish queen, Anita Queen, was up next, doing My Name is Karen from the Mean Girls musical. I'm not going to say too much about this, as it was everything I like about Anita rolled up into, like, three minutes, Uh, this very careful beauty, and but with an underlying sense that she's absolutely fucking nuts, and she will probably cut a bit, and probably has. uh perfect routine about Karen, basically. Uh, we got some very self-aware humor in here as well, as cheeky cards handed out to the judges and a running gag of Anita throwing things off stage specifically at Ophelia B, I think. Now, just a bit of background, I felt a bit self-conscious of what I'd said in the previous episode of Girl uh, about Anita's performance by calling it the dumbest of the night. But this week she pulled me aside on Sunday telling me that that's exactly what her drag is. Dumb. And and that's what I like about Anita's work. It's carefully crafted, well-rehearsed comedy from her that I can appreciate and that she can mould to whatever she wants the routine to be about. Penny said that this was her favourite number of Anita's so far, but that she could still go further. Teresa complimented her on her outfit and the little gags, pointing out that the card that she'd been given read, I'm happy you managed to dodge immigration. (laughs) (laughs) Hazel and Rusty were a bit more critical, telling Anita that she should use her extras more and to remember the five Ps, preparation and planning prevent piss poor performance, which. I think is more than five P's, but I'm also pretty sure that Rusty was there when numbers were invented, so who am I to say anything? Next up, we had the sensational Claudia Gabor, and I'm going to be honest, I had no idea what to expect. I'd saw, I, I, I'd saw, I'd seen her outfit earlier in the night, and I'd, I'd assumed that she was going to do something from Beauty and the Beast. Instead, we got one of the cleverest routines I've seen in a long while, and I'm going to admit, I didn't understand all of it until the judges explained bits or pointed out the bits they liked and such. This routine was a perfect example of excellent prop work. Uh, Claudia comes out with huge goat horns and makeup in a long dress with a mountain landscape on it to the Lonely Goat song from The Sound of Music. Partway through, she tears away the skirt to reveal furry goat legs underneath. Uh, Genius, the the amount of props and reveals and well-timed moments in this performance, from the outfit itself to singing sock puppets to blowing the foam off a stein of beer. It's wonderfully orchestrated. Rusty said it straight out. I would copyright this. It was such a clever routine. Uh, Teresa gave a slightly backhanded compliment by saying that she'd expected great things from Claudia in this competition and that that night she saw it. And as Penny T puts it, the attention to detail was stellar. I think I think having seen Claudia share Genocide and Anita and all the different styles of performance that they brought tonight, from the prop heavy to the shocking and dramatic to the clever timing and edited to the simply amazing spectacle of dance... It must be incredibly difficult to compare them all when it comes to judging and decide who's weaker than who. Uh, I managed to speak to regular judge and the namesake of Rusty's Bar in Newcastle, Rusty, to see how she felt about the competition so far. Hello, I'm here with the amazing judge, Rusty. Hi. How are you doing? How did you feel about the competition tonight?
4: Do you know, it's, it's so different to when I used to judge it years ago. Um... People, people's perception of cabaret everything has changed so much and, and you know gender roles and things like that you know it's the, the way that I have been brought up to perceive cabaret it's like you know it's a, a man dressing up in ladies clothes miming to somebody else's song glamorously sometimes you know with a little bit of comedy sometimes to do it straight laced coming into the competition at this point it's it's so different, it's so unique, and it's great to see how the word cabaret has become so widespread and so open to so many different genders. Um, and it, I have absolutely loving it. I mean, when I when I judge drag idol in, uh, oh, I think it was about must have been six seven years ago when we had it back at Rusty's. The contestants were just so different to what they are these days. It's just it's totally different. But I'm having an absolute ball, and it's just opened my eyes to the diversity in what the cabaret world's, you know, give, throwing at us these days, so I'm yeah, enjoying
0: it. it. It's a very tough competition. I mean, like, as we saw this week, wow. Like, you know, I think everyone was watching it and being like, that's the performance of the week. And then someone else would come on and you'd be like, oh, oh, no, that's the performance of the week. How's that for a, a judge?
4: Everybody has got so many different talents. They all bring something totally different to the table. And if we could encapsulate all those talents from each different person to make one entertainer, they would be world class. I mean, it's like you had Chernobyl, she bought the the dance that she brought to that stage in Flashdance, it was phenomenal. Her dance technique and her energy, and you know, she got so upset when she lost a wig. And to me, at that point where she just whipped it off and threw it, it just showed you how determined she was and you know, she just threw it out there and just danced for a life. And to me, that was just phenomenal. And then on the other flip, the flip side, you had Claudia Gabor, who did something totally different with um, the Sound of Music. You know, coming out in a pair of you know goats legs, and and you know, having the field over the top to hide them with the little legs over the top of the field, the pine to lager blowing the... It's just. Everything about it, it just ran so smoothly. And then you've got Tesco who keeps coming coming back with these really clever little three-minute edits of somebody's life story. I mean that Philip Schofield thing tonight. I mean it was just it's phenomenal. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is this is just getting so clever. What I don't want everybody to start doing is overthinking. What we've got to do sometimes is we have to, I think we've got to strip it back slightly um, and concentrate more on the performance rather than all the little gimmicks and the, the way that they've edited everything together. I know that sounds like I'm contradicting what I've just said, but sometimes it can get a little bit too confusing and there's too, many, there's too much to take in, and it becomes a chore to watch them rather than it being entertaining.
0: I think when it works, like like we had Tragedy last week and we had Claudia
4: this week, where they have loads of um, props and gimmicks and stuff, but they all worked. They didn't kind of feel like they were just shoehorned in. The thing is, as well, I, I mean, tonight, talking to Tragedy, what a voice. Do you know, you know, she's saved... The best till week four. I mean, I absolutely love Traj. You know, she worked at Rusty's for me for for many, many years. Um, I had no idea that Traj could sing like that. I was totally and utterly blown away. And it was such a stripped back, such a nice, soft version of that song. And it just showcased the vocals. Phenomenal. I think everybody... Now is up in the game and it's only gonna get worse every week to eliminate somebody because it's just getting so clever and they're all different in in their own ways. Oh no, no, thank you so much, Rusty, this week. You're absolutely welcome, it's been a pleasure.
0: Now, after Claudia, we had an odd one for me. After her beautifully poignant performance last week, Crystal Enigma was back. The musical she'd picked was one of my favorites, uh, but perhaps a bit too obscure for the audience. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. The routine starts off to wonderful alternate creation myth song The Origin of Love as Crystal and her assistant Bailey Bubbles from week 1, uh, manipulate four four large boxes stacked you know, beside each other with illustrations of people on them to represent their conjoined humans and their sad separations that the song describes. It then went on to the track Tear Me Down with Crystal turning the boxes around to become The Berlin Wall and singing through the titular character Hedwig's origins in 1980s segregated Berlin. Then she pulled bits of paper with politicians' names written on and tore them up and ended the performance with a huge banner reading Love Wins. The room was lost. I I give credit when credit's due, but I will say when a routine simply doesn't work. Crystal's idea was great, I, I loved the songs, I loved her passion throughout it, the idea of the boxes being manipulated to tell a story was absolute genius, but the entire routine hinged on a fan-level knowledge of the source material that nobody except about ten of us probably had. Also, the two songs from the musical chosen didn't really fit together. It was more a homage to a great musical with nods to bits of it, rather than a cohesive story. Um, if I was doing it, I—I I don't know. Maybe I would have done it all as Origin of Love, or I would have taken two tracks like, you know, Tear Me Down to the actual Angry Inch song, or I don't know, Midnight Radio, or or something. Two two tracks that. Because I think they're very, they're two different plot strands from the same film that I didn't really think went together. I'm only saying so much about this because I really liked the idea and would have seen would have loved to have seen it amazing. What I learned in Drag Idol last year was if you have an idea, no matter how great it is, if it won't fit into the three minute limit cohesively, then drop it and save it for a different gig. I mean, Theresa admitted that she got a little lost and that she didn't understand the story, pointing out that all the props and boxes and everything was facing the audience, so she couldn't really see them from where she was sat at the side. Uh, Penny simply mentioned that the audience began talking amongst themselves and, and that she got bored. Rusty tempered her criticism by saying how good the lip sync and the overall passion and execution was, but that a lot of the routine got lost in translation. It's a shame after how well she did last week. Roxy Trix was up next, and I'm going to be honest, I was worried about this one. Uh, As we queens are prone to do, we gossip and talk candidly about performances after each show, and the concern that I'd had with Roxy Trix was after two weeks of doing very traditional one-song, no-edit drag, uh, no matter how well executed it was, she would get kind of left behind with what all of the other... other performers were bringing to the table. I had absolutely no need to worry, though, as I loved Roxy's performance this week. I'm not sure if it was through her own volition or taking on the judges' lines of air praise for her other performances, or for the recommendations of a mentor for the competition which is penny t team palmo Uh, but roxy tricks gave me everything i wanted from her Uh, i had a chance to speak to her before the show started uh, just to see how she was feeling i'm here with the delightfully fashionable roxy tricks hi how are you feeling Uh,
5: a bit nervous but
0: yeah get out
5: there get out there do it
0: (laughs) are you confident about your number like
5: yeah, I'm confident this week, but obviously the competition's getting quite hard now, isn't it? so it's, it's it. getting
0: really, really heated now. <laughs> what I've been asking uh, the other contestants is how they feel about now we're in the you-have-a-week-to-prepare routine territory. Like, How are you feeling about that?
5: See, I, I did the opposite way. I prepared for my first week yeah. within the week.
0: Oh, right, OK. So that Practice. I didn't get dropped
5: into it straight away for the whole, like, you've only got a week to prepare. So I did my first routine within a week as well, just yeah. to try and... Get into the swing of it
0: first. <laughs> so, it's, so it's something that you know you're not really struggling with. Uh, only having a week to do things. Or?
5: I do struggle, obviously. I've got work and everything else. So I do struggle with it. But obviously, I have got a lot of help from my partner, my friends. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's hard, but it's doable. <laughs> yeah. So where are you from? Darlington. I know, you're Darlington. You're travelling through each week. Yeah, every oh, week. I exactly. was drive each week.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, do you, do you work in Darlington? Yeah. Like, you know, what um, do you have any residencies? Uh, well, I'll put uh, this I bit do, out, but I'll just. I do. I currently.
5: In work in harvey's late bar in darlington could you, could you Because
0: I, but... I
5: currently work in harvey's late bar
0: yeah
5: i do the shots for them but hopefully i'm trying to go a little bit higher yeah. i think but for now it suits me down to the ground do you feel like you have any like
0: direct competition
4: in...
5: not what? really i think they're all we're all quite quite strong competitors really so it's, it's a big widespread of everybody thinks, watching everyone you
0: know the judges and myself are, I've described your like style of drag as really old school because it was like last week it was it was weird because everyone else was doing crazy stuff and you're yeah. just like no I'm I'm Shania Twain and I'm coming out and I'm fucking doing that video yeah. and and you nailed it but everyone was just like there's no props they were you know there's no like sort of gimmicks and it was
5: got a little bit of a twist this week but mm. but yeah we're still trying to keep it as camp as we can <laughs>
0: yeah oh it should be good but no thank you very much for this You're me, very lots. welcome <laughs> so what was the routine. Uh, the show tunes were from Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia Here We Go Again. Roxy Trix steps out with a huge blonde wig and black dress robes, I think? It's like a cowl, uh, lip syncing the beautiful Slipping Through My Fingers. Uh, an extra comes on and sits at a table at the back, dressed as a teacher, as the song switches into uh, When I Kiss the Teacher, with Roxy throwing off her black robe to reveal an amazing metallic pink catsuit. <laughs> the audience was in uproar. It just worked so well as a fun little routine with the teacher coming up to lip sync their part of the song while Roxy came back on with another extra dressed as a policeman and escorting the teacher away. It was a really nice cabaret number and a decided evolution for Roxy. Hazel loved the outfit, uh, and Rusty and Chewysa both complimented uh, Roxy on a really good performance overall, giving the slight critique that maybe it went on a little too long. Uh, Penny was the most vocal of the judges, pointing out that Roxy had never edited a track before, and that she loved all the extras, and was very proud to have Roxy on her team. Yes, it wasn't the standout performance of the night, but it was enjoyable, and it showed an evolution of performance that we don't get to see from the more seasoned contestants. One that we'd all been waiting for was next. Uh, Tesco. Now, could she do it again and have a hat trick of great performances, or was it all going to fall apart this week? The checkout scanner prop had become a large cardboard house. Tess walks on to the stage to the theme tune from Breakfast TV show this morning, dressed as Philip Schofield, grey wig, checked shirt and trousers. Yeah, we knew where it was going. Suddenly. Uh, She climbs behind the house and it begins to shake as the audio transports her through to the world of The Wizard of Oz. Tess steps out from behind it, lip-syncing over the rainbow, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and takes her trousers off to reveal that the shirt is actually a full Dorothy-esque gingham dress. Then an extra dressed as Schofield's co-host, Holly, with a cardboard face mask of her, (laughs) walks on clutching a scroll and gesticulating to a voiceover from the show, telling the audience that Philip has got something to tell us and he's written a note. Holly then unravels the scroll and it turns out to be metres long, like flowing out onto the stage, before Holly reads it and announces... I'm gay. Throwing the scroll out into the audience, I fucking howled. This was probably the best sight gag I've ever seen in Drag Idol. It was so well executed and thought out. The the performance continued at this pace of well-timed gags and punchiness that we've now come to associate with Tesco. All the judges loved it. Uh, Rusty announcing that it was 10 out of 10 again. Teresa pointing out just how amazing it is to put a routine like that together in just a week. Penny giving her her third standing ovation for Tesco in a row in this competition. Yeah, it was very well received. I really recommend you watch it, as with all of Tesco's other routines. A distinct change of pace next with the return of Frida Safik From the setup and the costume, uh, the show that she'd gone for was kind of obvious as she positions herself back to the audience on a chair, centre stage, in a black outfit complete with fishnet tights and black bob wig. A voiceover covering the Me Too movement sets the theme and agenda for the routine as Frida moves into lip-syncing the song He Had It Coming from Chicago and gracefully steps around the stage. More voiceover sections, once again from the hilariously succinct MASH report about sexual harassment, and especially the Harvey Weinstein uh, sentencing, before going into Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 and back into He Had It Coming, where Frida pulls out a toy gun to aim at the judges. It was a really good routine. Perhaps not as good as the previous ones, but it certainly fit the weekly theme by combining songs from not one, but two musicals depicting the oppression of females. Personally, I felt the beginning was a bit slow and it took too long to get started, but when it did, the stage presence and the execution was really good. Penny was the first of the judges to give her opinion and and she said it felt a little flat. There were boos from the audience. Uh, She did, however, point out that for one section, Frida lip-synced to a track in a different language, which was very impressive. Uh, Teresa, as wowed and amazed as I am that Frida is not only in this fucking competition, but also doing so well in it, thanked her for that performance and the great message. And Rusty, while she said that she couldn't hear the spoken word bits as well as she'd have liked to, she thought that it was a great performance to do on International Women's Day. Our penultimate contest into the night, Tragedy, was then up with a decided and very welcome change of pace. Uh, Coming out in an amazingly suave yet savage beast costume complete with huge wig and horns, Uh, a slight gag with a table containing a box of Cadbury's roses. There were a few false start gags with sound engineer and regular silent judge Chris Howe. Uh, These were, you know, in-jokes regarding Tragedy's Well tragically cursed final performance from uh, 2018. But then, bringing out a microphone, Tragedy proceeded to sing an entire song live and the audience listened. Now, I got called out a bit when we had Tragedy on the Girl podcast, as I'd assumed that she had some dramatic theater and performing arts background many more years than she's actually had. And it just turns out that Tragedy is really fucking good. (laughs) I could listen to this bitch sing all day, her voice and her candour and the deceptive ease of how she sings which reminds me of people like Sia or Rihanna but with the enunciation and projection that you'd expect from a Broadway performance. Yes, there wasn't too much to the performance aside from a nearly dramatic wardrobe malfunction when the horns started falling off uh, and tragedy throwing the box of roses into Judge Penny which I'm fairly sure she was very glad about. But this was Showsune's week, and we got to hear an actual show tune sung and performed by an established star of our very scene. What more can you ask for? So how did the judges rate it? Well, if the standing ovations given by Penny T and Theresa May were anything to go by, they loved it. Theresa herself pointing out that she knows tragedy has one of the best voices in local drag, and it kind of makes her sad when she sees her lip sync. Uh, Hazel commanded her, Hazel commended her on her the courage to come out and do that, and also the lack of reliance on props. Penny took it a step further, pointing out just how nervous and unsure Tragedy had been about her performance during the week, and how it was amazing, and that she didn't need the comedy elements. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and I really want to see Tragedy sing more, so get in fucking musicals, bitch. Finally. Oh, God. Finally, we had Jasmine Dick. And I'm going to be shady as fuck. But brutally honest here, I was very worried for Jasmine throughout the week. She had no idea what she was going to do as a routine, and following last week, I felt that in a competition where the other contestants are really upping their games and we're seeing a lot of careful choreography, calculated reveals and prop work, and well-edited tracks and use of themes. How long can Jasmine survive on just natural hilariousness and charisma? Uh, Would the gag of the routine that goes wrong keep entertaining people week after week? Or would there be a week where it just falls apart? I helped Jasmine out this week by editing a track for her from her own direction, and I was kind of worried once we got the track finished uh, and agreed. There's a lot of lip sync in it, Uh, a few track changes, spoken word sections, and I wasn't really sure what she was going to be doing physically throughout it, so it could have gone uh, one or two ways. Luckily, I was wrong. And Jasmine fucking gagged me. Like we had with Roxy Tricks. this was the evolution that I felt they needed and it was just hilarious. Jasmine steps out onto the stage to huge cheers from the audience. She's in a maid's outfit and begins lip-syncing to the song Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors. There's lots of little details that are so... So cheaply done that they become even funnier, which is the magic of Jasmine Dick. When she refers to having a black eye and her arm in a cast, she's got duct tape over one eye and her arm is caught in the sleeve of a hoodie. She doesn't even have a sling. It's <laughs> the, the routine then segues into Seymour loving to mow and weed, going into a marijuana segment uh, of Pink Elephants on Parade uh, from... Is it from Dumbo? I think it's from Dumbo. Uh, Where fellow contestants, Crystal, Tragedy, and Anita walk on along the backside of the stage with tiny toy elephants. And they're looking as bemused as everyone else at what the hell's going on. When I was putting the track together, Jasmine explained this as, oh, well, when you get high, you see pink elephants, don't you? To which I I somehow managed to nod and smile over Facebook Messenger, but (laughs) it worked though, it worked. After a quick reference to Judge Theresa May, Jasmine rushes off stage and even though a lot of us can still actually see her in the wings, she starts pulling off her clothes for a, a reveal that none of us expected... The track has changed to Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, and Jasmine Dick steps back onto the stage, a fake tit having fallen out, wrapped in an Asda carrier bag and with a huge, one foot wide by four foot long inflatable green penis. She proceeds to pour cream over it and gets it on the stage and everywhere while the audience and judges just lose their fucking minds. <laughs> Penny summed it up first with, you're just fucked up, really, aren't you? <laughs> Guest Judge Hazel was was just speechless. You, you could see that she'd never quite seen anything like that before. And Rusty warned us all of the consequences of when cousins marry. Also pointing out that Jasmine, Jasmine had just drawn her eyebrows on with lipstick this week no one there could deny that this routine was both the product of an insane mind and absolute comedy genius huge screams and cheers and chants from the audience as jasmine left the stage i can't in all honesty say that this was not a more calculated better lip-synced and more structured routine than we'd seen from jasmine so far and that's what i felt she needed So, there you have it. All the contestants and performances from week three of Drag Idol 2020. This was probably the most varied week yet, and I really didn't envy the judges as they went aside to deliberate on which two contestants would be going home this week. While they did that, uh, I grabbed my recorder and went to ask the audience who their favourite performer of the night had been. Here's what they had to say.
4: Jasmine, definitely Jasmine. Every week she is getting better and better and better. Crazier, nuttier and absolutely fucking weird. <laughs> oh, so many this week. It's such a strong week again. Um, live performance, of course, yeah. with uh, with tragedy. Yeah, Brilliant, fantastic. Tesco brought it again, another week, so strong. And Jasmine, Jasmine Dick, bringing it again. Literally, the giant dick this week coming on in. <laughs>
0: Coloured green I'm I'm still recovering from that as a
4: performance I'm pretty gooped, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty gooped Tragedy was my favourite Tragedy
0: Tragedy I'm a Claudia supporter Claudia Claudia Tony Vidal Tesco, but I'm a Tesco fan always. Yeah. Tesco. <laughs> Miss Tesco. Tesco.
6: Yeah, definitely
4: yeah. Tesco. Yeah. Tesco. Combining the Wizard of Oz with Phil coming out. Like who else would think of that? I can show my parents that and they will understand it and find it funny. Jasmine Dick. Jasmine I mean Dick. Jasmine killed it. Ja- Jasmine, yeah. Dick.
6: Ja- Jasmine
4: Dick. Jasmine Dick. Let's get her on the let's get her on the main stage, pride.
0: Let's do it. is Frida Safi. Frida smashed it. Um, Today is International Women's Day, what a powerful message to send out. Now it's not all compliments, in fact we had a bit of conjecture between the audience with some stating certain performers as their favourites and some feeling that they were the weakest. Um, Here's some of the ones that weren't as well received.
4: Claudia started so strong and after she revealed the goat legs, which I absolutely loved, it just kind of fell off. Genocide. Genocide, the screamo. No, it's just genocide. Roxy. No, Roxy tricks. Three day because of the sitting down on the chair. It was very, like, it made a bland space and it made the audience be a bit like, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting too long. Really great message, 100%. But I feel like with drag, if you give a message, you've got to keep the audience. Uh, the Chicago number, it started off so slow and it didn't really, but the, the message was great, especially on the day, you know, and yeah. International Women's Day. Fantastic uh, choice just kind of fell off.
0: Now, being sent home is, of course, never easy. In week two, we had to say farewell to Karma Valentine, Franny and Scarlett Johansson. Last week, I got to speak to Franny and this week, I got to speak to Scarlett Johansson about how she feels a week on and what's next for the fledgling queen. I'm here with the delightful Scarlett Johansson. Oi, oi, ladies and gentlemen. Now, sad times, you got voted off last week.
3: Yes, got robbed again. I'm, (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
0: No, um, how are you feeling after that? Because I, you know, you were... You didn't take it well. No,
3: I did not. Um, I can understand the judges' uh, critiques. Obviously, didn't understand the story, the last part.
0: How have you found... Because this is your first time performing in drag uh, in this competition. How are you finding it?
3: Um, Week one of my performance um, was very nervous. um, Which, hence why I had push pushes on the stage. Because... Before my number started, I was instantly regretting, I was like, nope, I'm going to run away, and then for an instant I was like, nope, I'm going to do it, and I had a three pushes on, and then as soon as the music started, I was like, I'm just going to go for it, and not to trip me on home, but the judges loved it, yeah. and then week two, it fell a bit flat compared to week one,
0: I'm not going to lie, it did. People who want to see more of you, obviously you're a new, new queen, like, yes. where can people find out more? Oh
3: well, you can find me on Instagram at Scarlett Johansson, literally the way it's spelled. Uh, Twitter Scarlett Ho H O and Facebook literally the same. Scarlett Johansson.
0: And hopefully, we'll see a lot more from you in the future.
3: Oh, you definitely will. <laughs> you catch me at Bank Bar on uh, Mondays. Coming soon,
0: soon. Finally, the judges' rulings were in, and we were all called back to the main stage of Powerhouse to be told which two contestants would be leaving us tonight. Obviously, spoiler alert, but it's been nearly a week now, so keep up, why don't you? Fucking hell. Uh, but it was sad to see that both Crystal P. Enigma and Genocide were the ones to leave the competition. They were two of my favourites, but I have to put my hands up and say that in a competition as fierce and as tight as this one, both of these two did make missteps this week and that's all it takes. I would advise all of you to follow these two amazing queens on social media and such and keep abreast of their future gigs. Uh, you can follow Crystal on Crystal underscore Enigma on Instagram and Genocide on Thy Genocide, uh, that's T-H-Y-G-E-N-A-C-Y-D-E on Instagram. Congratulations also to Claudia Gabor for her amazing air performance and performance of the week with her Sound of Music routine. The theme for next week, however, is props. Now, this is a very difficult one, and hilariously, the theme for the week where I got kicked out of the competition last year. Fucking loaf of bread and fucking seagulls. <sighs> The remaining contestants were called back onto the stage and had to draw their prop that they'd need to build a whole routine around from a hat. Here they are in the order that they were drawn. Claudia Gabor, a champagne bottle. Chernobyl, a space hopper. Tony the Doll, Gladys Duffy's lost winner's crown from Drag Idol 2018. I have no idea, Um, I Gladys heard about this and I don't think she's very happy because she was told she didn't get a crown on the night because they'd lost it and apparently it has been found and given to Tony the Doll so hopefully we'll see some reference to that. Anita Queen got a wrapped present. Tragedy (laughs) Tragedy a cow. Yes, yes I'm serious. A half-sized cow prop that Chris Howe pulled onto the stage. If you'd like to see it, check out my Instagram where I uploaded a cheeky glamour shot with the heifer. The, the cow, I mean, not, not tragedy. Uh, Jasmine Dick got the best of smash hits 80s book. Mm. Uh, Roxy Tricks a Henry Hoover. Tesco, a face mask. Frida Sapphic, a shopping trolley, and Rex Uranus got a chair. (laughs) What will they do with the props? Well, you'll have to come down to Powerhouse in Newcastle on Sunday the 15th of March to find out. Now, that was the night over, and it was time to all untuck and settle down. Even though we didn't and we hit the town till like 4am, oops, sorry pink rooms, uh, I pulled guest judge and winner of Drag Idol 2019, Theresa May, aside to ask her how she felt the competition had gone, and how it was like, being a guest judge i'm here with last year's drag idol winner and well-known spanish tart
6: fucking dick (laughs) just kidding he's not spanish he's either not a winner hi i'm theresa may welcome (laughs) to my podcast
0: is not a winner a nationality now
6: um if you're spanish you win things (laughs) great yeah
0: so yeah so how does it feel you know not being able to steal this crown
6: Um, You said that, but I got the crown already in my house. (laughs) This year, nobody's getting crowned, just me. I've been to the dentist this week. I got a new crown. It cost me 400 pounds. Just kidding, (laughs) only a hundred, just kidding. So so what was
0: it like being the guest judge
6: uh, this week? Well, great. I mean, I said it before, I've been judging this fucking cunt since week one. So it's just been great that I finally got a stage and a mic to speak on my mind. And my mind is—they are all fucking fierce. They are amazing, and I—I I, I mean, I've told them—I've told them off stage in the week, like in the week past. Is it was great to tell them with a mic and tell them how fucking fabulous they are. They're. They're amazing, and it was an amazing show overall, so it was very exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been like obviously gossiping and going like who we like and stuff over the past couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Was it different when you were up there judging them? Like, you know, was it more difficult than, you know, just going, oh, well, I don't like this? or? In- yeah, it was super difficult because
6: um, uh, see, seeing it from the side, it is actually very different. Thankfully, I was a, a judge as well in um oh, States, So it kind of gave me like that, <laughs> okay, it's gonna be different. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very different and you also need to understand that they are acting and performing for the audience and you need to look at the, at the audience and see how they are reacting to the performances so there's lots of things to consider not just your opinion or your views on drag it's just so much more, so it was very difficult also there is lots of friends that were performing tonight, so it was hard to be like, thankfully all of my friends were amazing yeah. so it was, I didn't have to go through the Oh, I didn't like that, you know what I mean? So it was great, it was great, I loved it.
0: One thing I have to ask though, because yeah. we were talking about this every week, the glow up on Cher Noble. Like, yeah. we, were, we were together on Team Penny last year. And she was Cher. Now. Yeah, she was shit
6: last year. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Sure <laughs> Noble, she's not going to be listening to this. She doesn't know how to listen. <laughs> anyway, just kidding. Um, it was emotional. I kid you not, I was on the edge of crying like it was so beautiful to see her glow like this and she fucked up a couple of things and what she and she was very upset about what she needs to realize is that she has the raw talent she's an amazing dancer and you don't need to click any box you do you boo boo <laughs> and she's amazing and she was so close to win the rest of the week uh, this this week, so I'm proud of her and I can't wait to see what she's bringing. Like, I cannot get enough of her. She was very good.
0: When everyone was that good, like, was it really <laughs> difficult, like, deliberating with the other, other judges?
6: It was very humbling to see how much they cared about everyone's, not performance, but career. Mm-hmm. And it was just great to see Rusty caring. It was like, well, I thought she was great. And then Ophelia was, like, defending other people. It was just great to see, like, mm-hmm. everyone had different opinions and it's it just... It was very hard, and I almost have like, okay, yeah, I mean, I I don't think we should send anyone home tonight, <laughs> but we have to, and it's and it's a tough decision. But Drag Idol is not the, like you can still do things after Drag Idol, and I think everyone mm-hmm. that like Crystal and Genocide are gonna have great drug careers, like they've had already, so it's gonna be great for
0: them. Was there anyone who disappointed you where you expected a bit more from them?
6: Yeah, um, I think and Roxy Tricks, mm. she gave me what I was expecting, yeah. and that's why I didn't get, she, her performance was flawless, mm. but I was not shocked. And I'm expecting you to shock me with something. Yeah. At least I, how, that's how I approach my performances. I want to shock you. And I didn't get shocked by her. Was she flawless? Absolutely. fucking Did she deserve to go to next week? 100%. Th- was I shocked and amazed by her performance? Maybe not. Yeah. And all the other judges agreed with me, and that's, that's the beauty of Drag,
0: isn't it? We all love different things. Well, do, you, do you think that as the competition goes on, uh-huh. it's going to be more a case of the people who aren't necessarily bad, but are comfortable yeah. the ones who are
6: in the Yeah, 100%. Gym. And that's why you went home last year, they were tired. <laughs> They were tired of what you were bringing, and they were like, do we want to see her in the final? No, we've seen enough of Velvet, and that's why you went fucking home. I've seen enough
0: of Velvet by the way. Yeah,
6: we all have seen enough of Velvet. Retire. (laughs) I'll take this over the podcast. Hi, it's me, Charissa May. I'm just kidding. Um, But yeah, it is important every week to bring something different. You need to stay true to yourself, but this is your chance to prove everything that you can do and that you're not going to be one note. So I think that's the reason why some people went home today.
0: No, thank you very much for speaking to me, Teresa.
6: That's fine. If you pay me, I'll speak to you. Bye. (laughs) See you next week. Adios.
0: And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're all well. And remember that if you weren't at the show on Sunday and you want to watch it, it's all up on YouTube now if you search for Drag Idol 2020 week three. Also... As a health warning, if you're worried about the coronavirus and you feel like you should, uh, or if you have the virus and you are needing to self-isolate, remember that you're always able to watch the show a couple of days later on YouTube. Don't worry about coming to the night itself if you have the virus or if you're worried about catching the virus. And also, I'll be here on the Spotify's, on the iTunes, and all of these other places to give you a run-through of what happened on the actual night. Get all of your drag merchandise from badwareday.com. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever is the Velvet Snatch, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye, my dears. Oof!